From the studios of Boise State Public Radio News, I'm Gemma Gaudet. This is Idaho Matters. Throughout our state, there is a rich history of bass culture, a piece of which can be found in many of the forests across Idaho in the form of tree carvings. They're known as arborglyphs, and these markings were commonly left by sheep herders, providing a glimpse into the past of an often overlooked population. And for years now, Boise State University professor John Beter has made it a priority to document these fading artifacts. And he'll be talking more about this work and the significance of arborglyphs as part of this year's mashup lecture series with Sun Valley Museum of Art and Boise State University's College of Innovation and Design. John, it's nice to have you back on the program. It's good to be back, Gemma. Thank you. So, John, tell us a little bit more about what arborglyphs are and, and where they come from. Yeah, the arborglyphs, maybe the, the audience might be more familiar with petroglyphs, you know, the kind of stone carvings. Mm-hmm. This is a tree version of that. And almost all the time, 90 plus percent, the herders use aspens because aspens have a really soft bark. And so they carved into that. And then you got to be patient. It takes a, a year or a two before the scarring really begins to show. Nevertheless, that became one of their main modes of communication uh, with other herders and just with whoever else might pass by that area. And are there commonalities then between the carvings that you find? So, And, and also, like, what do they look like for, for, as you mentioned, you know, petroglyphs? But if, like, I'm just curious, if, if you're out in the forest, maybe you're hiking or something like that, could you come upon one of these carvings? Yes, for sure. Absolutely. They're most common, again, in aspen groves. Aspen mm-hmm. are, have a kind of a whiteness to them, so the, the drying stands out quite a bit. And what the herders would do is just with a, a, a knife or um, a nail, they would carve into that bark. And then, as I mentioned, it takes a little bit of time for that to scar up and show. Out of the 10 arboglyphs that you might run into, seven or eight will be name and date. It's oh, uh, okay. That's the most common. And then the really interesting ones are the others. And then there's just all kinds of, of themes and topics that they're carving about, Gemma. So with that said, John, what what do you think these arboglyphs tell us then about the sheep herders and the, the Basque history? I know you said, you know, their name and a date, but what can we take from that? Yeah, these herders were virtually anonymous. That is, they were working up in the hills, um, maybe with one or other herder, often by themselves. If they're by themselves, maybe 1,500 head of, uh, of mm-hmm. sheep. And well, so what they would do the past the time, I think, is just what we do as humans. That is, we want to leave a mark. We want to, we have a tendency to create. And so, and so they did the same thing. And what you find in the trees is really what, what they were thinking and what they were feeling. You'll often find see, you often find uh, their hometown names carved in. You'll see uh, a carving of a farmhouse, which is many of them where they came from. You'll see uh, <clears throat> one of the most elaborate I've, I've found are poems. Uh, you'll see political slogans because they were carving during the time of Franco's oppression. And so they they what they're carving on trees would have been illegal to say in the Basque country. 
They're carving about women, about uh, a lack of companionship. They're carving about their feelings of being a worker up there. There's just a whole spectrum of that. And I think what it does is it reveals part of their story. One of the main scholars of this area, Dr. Jose Maya, who got me going, the title of his book is called Speaking Through the Aspens. It's a great title. And that's exactly what it does. And so what we're trying to do is document what they're speaking, what they're saying. It gives us a tie to them, to their, to their life, to what they were thinking. Again, these are unsung heroes. They were doing all kinds of work that fed us and gave us clothing. And this is a way for us to kind of keep them and their memories alive. Mm-hmm. And I know that, John, you've created a collective to to make sure these documents, um, the, these arboglyphs are, are preserved. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah. So we joined forces with the University of Nevada, Reno and California State University, Bakersfield. California, Nevada, and Idaho have the greatest number of bass, the greatest bass population in the Western United States. So these three universities have come together to try and document as much as we can. We know that they're pretty fragile. They only have a, a, a Aspens have a maybe at the most a hundred year lifespan. And so mm-hmm. we know that we have lost many of the older ones. Climate change is bringing, is bringing more and more fires. And so we created the collective to try and document as many of these as we can before we lose them. And how are you preserving these exactly? Um, because my understanding is you're, you're creating like 3D renderings or something like that, John? We are. On the most elaborate, we are doing 3D renderings. So we'll be able to have a virtual arborglyph grove that people can, for those that can't get up into the hills, they would have access to that. Um, we're just also doing just digital documentation that is using cameras, <clears throat> using video, some etching and some sketches of more complicated ones. So we're just trying to get as many different interpretations of it and ways to make it accessible to the broader audience. So can we go back to something that you mentioned, and this is how long Aspens live, right? You said about about 10 years. So um, I, I would think that you're kind of under a time crunch, right? I mean, so is there a race to get these carvings photographed or, or documented? Yes, there absolutely is. Yeah, the, the span of an Aspen, of a healthy span is somewhere between 80 to 100 years. And so the earliest herders came here I mean, with the gold rush in 1849. Mm-hmm. Large numbers are here probably from about 1860 to 1960. And so some of the oldest that we've documented, we have, we do have some, a handful from the 1800s, but most of them, uh, most of those are long gone. So with fires, with age, becomes even more imperative to try and document these as fast as we can. So tell us about this, uh, this presentation you'll be doing uh, in it, the collaboration with the Sun Valley Museum, as well as with Boise State University. Well, it's really fun, Jim. I've, I had the honor to do it here at Boise State. And what the mashup is, is they take two people, two scholars, or two people that do research in particular areas. They're very differently matched, so there's not a commonality between the two. And each of you give a 20-minute 20 20 minute presentation about your topic. 
And then the audience gets the chance to try and make connections between these two disparate seeming topics. And we, we did it once at Boise State. It's just really fun. And it's fascinating to see what the audience comes up with. They're so creative making connections, to be honest, that I, I didn't see. But mm -hmm. that's the fun of it, is these different ideas open up new uh, kind of collaborations or new a new min middle ground where they're able to really make creative connections between these two topics that seem very, very opposite. Well, I want to thank you so much, John, for coming in. I had no idea about um, Arbor Glyphs, so I really just appreciate the conversation and learning something new today. Thank you so much, Jim. I really appreciate the opportunity to speak with you. Thanks so much for listening to Idaho Matters. Boise State Public Radio and Idaho Matters are members of the NPR Network. It's an independent coalition of public media podcasters. You can find more shows in the network wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Gemma Gaudette. We'll see you tomorrow. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, we're taking center stage. Introducing NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of Black-led stories from NPR's podcasts. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get your podcasts.